recording. Welcome back, everyone. This is Matt. You're listening to the Our Novel Experience podcast. It is Wednesday, April 29th. Uh, thank you for joining us. With us always is Aaron. Hello. And Anna. Hello. Uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, Aaron, how's your past couple days been? My past couple days have been pretty good. I actually had a uh, an interesting experience this morning. Uh, so living in the world of you know coronavirus, gyms are closed. And for the last eight years, I have been saying, this summer, I'm going to ride my bicycle to work. I'm going to do that. Well, now that I don't have a gym to go to, I'm making myself ride to work. And today was the first day that I did that. So that's, you know, hooray for me. Only took eight years to get off my butt and pedal to work. But so this morning at 7.15, I left our neighborhood and rode the 5.3 miles or so from my home to my office. And it was interesting. Anytime I'm in my neighborhood, I always play a game when I'm moving around. I call, is that weed or is that a skunk? Because we get a lot of both and it's called, it's Denver. So you kind of play that game as you're going along. Uh, but I found that when I left our neighborhood and moved closer to my office into a nicer neighborhood in Denver, more upscale, it became the, it, I was playing the exact same game, but it was a higher caliber of either weed or skunk. It was a nicer skunk or better weed. Uh, I thought that was kind of an interesting 7.15 a.m. experience riding to work this morning. Uh, otherwise, it was good. It was, uh, things have been pretty good for me. How about you, Anna? I mean, nothing is as fun or exciting in my world as, as getting on a bicycle and changing my habits, but yeah, it's been all right. It's time for corrections. So this week, we didn't have any corrections. Uh, if you have questions, if you were listening to the podcast and heard something that made you yell at your radio how wrong we are, or how wrong we are, or something that we misremembered, misspoke, have any sort of corrections for us, we would love to hear it. You can send those to ournovelexperience at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us directly on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash ournovelexperience. So we'll move from corrections into the homework. Homework from last episode was Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats live at Red Rock. It is their 2017 album. It is 18 songs. It is an hour and 15 minutes long. And uh, yeah, so Anna, what did you think about it? Yeah, actually, I was really curious when you suggested initially that we do the live recording as the option for listening. And I listened to it outside while enjoying the sunshine, and it was perfect. It made me think of going to events during the summer, going to the big chili cook-off in Evergreen every year, and hearing a band perform live someplace enjoyable and delightful. And I mean, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, not necessarily my go-to local band, but for a summer joyful moving around sound, I love it. I'm, you know, wandering through my backyard, dancing a little bit to at least the first few tracks on the album. And of course you get to the the single SOB and you know, I'm I'm really jamming out and enjoying myself. So, yeah, I I feel like for time and place for me, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, it's definitely summertime music, big band sounds, the brass, 
especially in the intro, oh, just killed me. I thought that was delightful. And I walked out of that that experience. I mean, an hour long, that's pretty pretty significant chunk of my time and I didn't regret any of it. How about you, Aaron? What did you think? So I am usually not a big fan of Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats. I don't hate them. It's but it's not my go-to music. However, anything live played at Red Rocks is almost always enjoyable with probably a few minor exceptions. And so I was listening to it actually today on the bicycle and the opening, I felt like I was watching the blues brothers just to listen to it. It was just kind of had that feel to me of, you know, that the big band sound and because it's at red rocks and because it's actually a live recording, not studio recording, it has that not quite perfect feel to it, which is always a good thing. I think things feel more real in that setting. So I enjoyed it. I'm not going to go out of my way to listen to Nathaniel Rate with the Night Sweats, but they do have a couple of songs that are very good. Um, But for the most part, it was, and it was, it was enjoyable and I was able to pass my time with it. How about you, Matt? What's, what's your takeoff? Um, I, I really like Nathaniel Rate with the Night Sweats. I've, uh, but this isn't about whether or not I like them or not. Um, But I do. Um, They are a, soul gospel blues and rock and boy howdy does all of that come out during this recording i mean the initial part with the preservation hall jazz band uh the first four tracks or so just great big band jazz um it feels huge is is what it feels like to me um you know they they open up with that. I suspect, and I don't know this, but I suspect that was most likely a transition. Like the, the preservation hall jazz band was playing an opening set for Nathaniel Ratliff and they just overlapped those, those couple songs. I don't know. That's what it felt like to me. Um, but that's just me guessing, uh, you know, howling at nothing a great start off to what is just Nathaniel Ratliff and the night sweats, not featuring the preservation hall jazz band. Uh, they just feel a little different. They go from uh, j- jazz, uh, bigger, brassier stuff to more soul blues. And you start to feel that that uh, gospel really comes in and wasting time. Um, what I one of the things I wanted to talk about in listening to this is the Red Rocks recording sound. The it has such a distinct sound. I remember fondly listening to a big head Todd and the monsters, which is a local band from Denver and they did a red rocks recording and it sounded very similar to, uh, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the night sweats, this particular album. It just has that big crowd energy where it's lots of just a, just a roar going on in the background at all points in time. Um, sort of reminiscent of, of queen at, at, um, uh, so what aid? What is that? Live Aid Wembley Stadium. Live Aid. Thank you. Jeez, sorry. Totally spaced that. I knew exactly what I was trying to say, but anyway, just that that roar of the audience being projected back down to the performers and the microphones and such. It's just the same feel that you know something like Big Hit on the Monsters had. Um, they finished up with Sob, which is easily their biggest hit. And 
they rolled that into a reprise of that. You know, they did their encore. Just the crowd reaction was phenomenal. And then they topped it all off with the Sam Cooke classic having a party, which was just a really fun way to top that off. I, I, I thought this was great. Um, I really enjoyed listening to it again. And thank you guys for also listening to it. Have a uh, funny, I look a particular way and that particular way is people think they recognize me because I am a unique looking person and people think that they, they, they look at me like trying to figure out where they know me from and they probably don't. But so ran into Nathaniel Rateliff at the Verizon store in Cherry Creek mall and had a brief conversation with him and, you know, acknowledged each other. And he spent the rest of his time there, like looking at me, trying to figure out where he knew me from. And I thought that was a, a fun thing. I've, I've run into a couple of times as well. All right. So the second part of homework was the cooking section. Um, so Anna. Yeah. So our cooking homework was to create something new, but many of our listeners may not have had time to do so. So one thing that I did is I reached out to some friends that are really, really avid cooks and in fact have done so professionally. So our friend Thack and his wife, Andra, I asked them, what significance does cooking have for you and your family? And how has that been impacted by COVID? And Thack was kind enough to give us a recording of his thoughts on the matter. It's hard to quantify how important cooking is to us. It's one of the few things I told my kids I wouldn't let them out in the world without knowing at least the basics of. We were younger. We ate out a lot. But even before the current situation, we'd ramped that down. It's become expensive and largely undifferentiated. Not that everyone's the same, but there's so much of the same takes on the same stuff, it's hard to find anybody doing anything new. So we cook at home more, and we enjoy it more. When both kids were here, we'd have them make dinner one night a week and help them explore new things they'd never done. Now, of course, the older one's moved out, but the younger one still does his night. Maybe not every week, but he does try. We cook adventurously, and sometimes we fail spectacularly, but we can usually eat whatever ends up in the pot. Since the lockdowns have started, we've been cooking dinner pretty much every day and having leftovers for lunch. We get delivery pizza we eat with our friends on a video conference once a week as a special treat. Currently, my wife's been doing most of the meal planning and execution because she's also the grocery getter, so she has a better idea of what's available. She's also been baking a lot out of necessity. Sometimes we can't find what we want at the store or we can't get to the store to get it, so she makes it. Recently, she got an instant pot air fryer and we've had some good experiences with it. And we've also had some more interesting experiences, too. Other than not going out, it's been mostly business as usual for us. We're very fortunate in that respect. And other than paper products and eggs, we're usually able to find whatever we're looking for. And Andrew also sent me in a text of her own thoughts, so I'm going to read that for us now. We used to eat out two or three times per week. Now we only get delivery pizza once per week as a treat, so we're doing a lot of cooking. Before the pandemic, if we had a craving for a particular type of food, we would likely just go get it. Chinese, Thai, burgers, whatever. Now we try to figure out what we can make with what we have. I used to shop every week for groceries with additional supplementary trips to the grocery every few days. Now I'm only shopping every three weeks, 
with maybe one supplemental trip, five items or so, when I pick up prescriptions. Because of this new way of shopping, cooking has changed for us. I made bagels this week because we ran out, and that's what my teenager eats for breakfast every day. I tried making tortillas, but without a tortilla press, they didn't really work out. I had a craving for dim sum, so with some planning ahead, doing a little at a time at a couple of, a couple days ahead, I made a few of our favorite groceries we had on hand. Wait, favorites with groceries we had on hand. Apologies. Instead of planning several different distinct meals in a week, we made a large barbecue pork shoulder and have used it several different ways. Sandwiches, Asian noodle soup, enchiladas, pork buns, black beans. We never know when things could get scarce, so we try to be as efficient as possible and waste as little as possible. So I thought that both of their takes on it were incredibly thoughtful and, I mean, creative. And I see a lot of people out there sharing ways that they're getting creative with food. So I, I'm nowhere near as adventurous as they are with their plans with making dim sum, which I just thought was incredible. Um, for me, for the homework, I made banana muffins, which is not that exciting, but it's pretty much, I've got some whole wheat flour. I have one banana that's going bad and I have half of an apple and I put them all together and ended up with cinnamon banana muffins. It was delicious and delightful and just doing what I could with what I had. So what about you, Aaron? What was your experience with the cooking homework? So for the cooking, I actually, with a group of my friends, we did a cooking class yesterday evening. And I, so I, I, we made a chicken car, chicken and mushroom carbonara. Uh, and then I made to follow that up a, uh, uh, butterscotch cookies for dessert. And it was, it was delicious. The chicken carbonara is actually a very easy dish to make. It's something I've made different versions of in the past, but because it was a big group of us doing it, we we're all on Zoom together. It was a fun experience watching other people who don't necessarily have good knife skills or good cooking skills or are just not as usually as adventurous eaters or cookers, uh, chefs as myself. It was fun watching a bunch of different people making this together and kind of getting everyone's different take on the subject and enjoyment level. I thought it was a lot of fun. So that's what we did uh, or what I did yesterday evening for food. Hey, Matt, you had some vocab for us, right? Absolutely. Vocab. Our vocab word for this week is allegory. And it is a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, typically a moral or political one. Examples of this are Animal Farm, Moby Dick, and The Masquerade of the Red Death. So that's your vocab word for the week. All right. Anna, you got homework for us? Absolutely. So for next episode, we're going to keep it light and do one homework assignment, and that is to take a virtual tour of a museum or watch a live stream from places like the Denver Zoo. So you can find the Denver Zoo on Facebook. They do daily live streams for students. If there's anything else you're interested in checking out, there are so many things available, and we will have links on Our Novel Experiences Facebook page. I think that's our episode, guys. So thank you very much for joining us. Um, we will see you in next episode. Stay safe, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you. Thank you.